Join Superintendent as she gives insights on Tribulation Harvest. Blessings abound, my brother and sister. This is Superintendent Janice Battersby of Shekinah Worship International Ministries, Shekinah Worship Center Bermuda, greeting you one more time with a greeting from our pastor, Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman. And it's good to be with you one more time as we have another insert in our series, Insights with Sue, that's Superintendent. It's me. And I'm coming to you with another out of our exciting study of Escape the Coming Night with Dr. David Jeremiah. This is an exciting study that we're doing, facilitated by Chicago Worship Center. And it's a walk through the book of Revelation, that mysterious book at the back of the Bible that not many people even want to read. Why? They say it's a scary book. It's mysterious. And yeah, if you don't understand, it can be. But for those of us that have decided to take up this challenge and take up this book, Escape the Coming Night, and go through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, as we follow the teachings of Dr. David Jeremiah, what an exciting time it's been. It's a 43-lesson series, and it takes us a good part of the year to do. But you know what? The knowledge that you get from doing this study, you will never regret it. It will change your life. And that's what we've seen happening. So this little snippet, as I call a bite-sized portion, is just to give you a bit of an idea as to what we're doing. We're just taking the lessons, each one, and we're giving you a bite-sized portion just so that you can get an understanding of what we're doing and maybe even an interest in doing it yourself. So I'm going to share with you a bit of our lesson number 19, which is called The Tribulation Harvest. Now, our other podcasts in these series are available so that you can get an idea about where we are. Because you know what? If I try to review everything we've done up till now, that would be the whole lesson for today. So what I'm going to do is give you a very brief idea about what we've already done and then give you the overview of this particular lesson. Now, the book of Revelation, written by the Apostle John, while he was imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos, and he was put in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. God gave him a vision while he was on this island. And he was told to write it down. And that is what has become the book of Revelation. John sees some things on the earth, and then he sees what is to come in heaven. He sees a vision of Christ in all his glory. He is told to write letters to seven churches, which were in Asia Minor at the time that he was on the Isle of Patmos, letting them know about the good things that they're doing, but also that there were some things that were negative that could wipe out the good things that they had to get sorted out or God would come and take away their ministry. God was giving them a warning, kind of like what the book of Revelation is for us in this day. It is a warning about things that are to come. And then John has taken, his vision is taken from the earth into heaven. And what we see is that as we read through the book of Revelation, Christ has come and taken his church out of the earth 
And the church is represented in the book of Revelation by elders who are sitting around a great throne in heaven, upon which is God himself. God has a scroll, a wrapped up paper with seven seals on it, keeping it shut tight. And someone's got to break those seals. And we learn that the person called to break the seals is Jesus Christ himself. As each one of these seals is broken, outpours the judgment of God upon the earth. And like I said, previous segments will show you and tell you what we've learned about those seals. Now, like I said, there's seven seals on this scroll. And we've gone through the first six. Where we are right now, there's a pause before the seventh seal is broken. We learn that the first seals are war, uh, the appearance of the Antichrist, famine, pestilence or disease and death. There are souls who have been already killed because of their faith in Christ. And God says, I'm not ready to go back yet. There are more to come. More people who are going to stand on the word, stand on Jesus, not take the way that the world is going. And many of them will be killed for it. And so what we have been studying in this pause before the seventh judgment is poured out is that there are going to be 144,000 evangelists, Jewish evangelists, who are going to be going out and spreading the gospel even more during this time. The rapture has already taken place. We're now in a time of tribulation. Awful things are going to be happening. All those things I talked about, the war, the famine, the disease, natural disasters are going to be happening. And at this time, people are going to be afraid. They don't know what's going on. But in the midst of all that confusion, are 144,000 evangelists that are going to go out, that are sealed by God in some way. We're not exactly sure how, but they will be sealed to go out and preach the gospel to those who have not heard the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. John's vision then turns from that 144,000, and then he sees a multitude of people. And I'm going to read it for you. It's Revelation chapter 7, and it's verses 9 through 17. And I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. And what it says is, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, 
They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. My, my, what a reassurance. But as we find out, there's a multitude of people standing around the throne. Nobody could count. Nobody could count in one sitting, one go. Who knows how many that will be? What a reassurance that there will still be those who will find their way to the throne of God, even through the tribulation. They may have to give their lives for it. They may be killed for it. They may die from all the other things, the war and the, the disease and all the things that will be going on at that time. But if they have accepted Christ, they will stand on the throne. So there's still hope, even during that time. Now, as we learn, those that have heard this, the gospel, the saving gospel of Christ now in our time, prior to the rapture, and reject it, during that time of tribulation, they will be deceived. They will believe a lie. They won't have the Holy Spirit to even make them want to seek salvation. So for those of us who have had the blessed privilege of receiving the gospel now, now is the day of salvation, today. Because if the rapture happens and you haven't chosen Christ, but you've heard the gospel, you've had people speak to you about Jesus Christ, seen it on TV, it's, it's everywhere, and you have refused, you'll be lost. And no one wants that. Hell is never meant for us. It's not a place where you want to go. Don't delude yourself in thinking that it's a party and you'll have other people there partying with you. That's all a lie from Satan. As is that you have enough time. No one knows when their last day is. So choose God now while you can. He's making salvation available for you. And so as we look at our text, we see that this multitude is clothed in white robes. Now, previously, we read about the 144,000 would be in white raiment. And what I have learned is that white raiment is a fancy dress. It's a dress with distinction where the multitude will have white robes. They will have palms in their hands. Now, what we learned was the palm leaf signifies being brought out of with victory. It's like the Jews who celebrate Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. And that's when they build these booths made out of palm branches to remind them of when they came out of Egypt, when they returned from captivity in Babylon. So these palm branches are very significant, and it's a time of celebration and joy. And so here they are with palm branches standing around the throne. They've come out of the tribulation. 
They weren't saved from it. They came through it. But they washed themselves with the blood of Jesus Christ. They are saved unto eternity with God our Father. And so they're celebrating around the throne. They are safe in the arms of the Lord. And they sing, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's one thing. I mean, you know, you go to church and I know for me, a worship leader and singing on the praise team, there's so much joy in singing for the Lord. I get so exhausted when I come home, I need to take a nap. <laughs> but it's, it's nothing like it. You know, there are people out there that are trying to get high off of all sorts of drugs. But when you serve the Lord with gladness and the joy of the Lord is your strength, you need no drugs. So as they sing, the angels standing around the throne and the elders fall and worship the Lord. That's how it should be every time we gather. And these days, it's such a privilege to be able to gather in God's house. But when we get together, we should be mindful that we are preparing to stand around this room and to worship God. Don't worry about the next person, what they look like, if they're looking at you. You just praise God and imagine that he's right there on his throne. It's going to be different. Don't let anybody hinder you from praising God. And so then one of the elders turns to John and asks, do you know who this bunch is that's around the throne? And John's like, I don't know who you know. I just got here. And so the elder says, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. At that time, they're going to have to give their own lives. Jesus came and he died on the cross that we would not have to die that death, that eternal life death, that we would not have to suffer death eternally. But after the rapture, that time of grace is closed. That's not to say that people who have not heard the gospel will be saved. It's just that they may have to die for it. Jesus did it. And we have every opportunity to accept that death. But they may have to. But guess what? Again, if they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, their next moment will be at the throne of God with their palm branch, praising God. And it says they're before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. Now, what we've learned is, of course, it's not day and night in heaven, but that's just another way of saying all the time they will praise God continually. In the temple and the tabernacle, there was the altar of incense where they had to a special mixture of spices that the priests would throw onto the fire and the incense would rise up and there would be a sweet smelling savor. And they would offer up prayers to the Lord, prayers and praises. The fire had to be continually lit. This was going on constantly. And God tells us that we should be never ceasing in prayer. We should be in prayer continually. That doesn't mean on your knees by your bed, but all through the day, your spirit should be communing with God's spirit. Your ears should be listening out for him through his Holy Spirit, speaking and guiding. I'm telling you, it's real. It is real. Okay. And here we have that the saints will be serving God day and night, worshiping, praising, doing whatever it is we will be doing in heaven. 
with the joy of the Lord in our hearts. That's why we do these things now. God wants to see us putting it in action now, not waiting until we get there. We need to be doing it now because serving God in joy helps to keep you during these times of confusion, during these times of fear. I'm telling you, it's a covering over us now while we see the world going into panic. We have peace that passes all understanding. And so the elder tells John that these around the throne will neither hunger nor thirst anymore. Now, during the tribulation, we learn later on, but I'm going to share with you now, the Antichrist has his mark, 666. Not exactly sure how that's going to be manifested, but you can't buy or sell without that mark. That means that there are those who, once they accept Christ, they are not going to accept that mark, which means they may starve to death. No thirst, they won't be able to have anything to drink. It will be very hard to come by food at that time. And we can even see that setup going on now with masks and vaccinations, and you can't go here, you can't go there. You're seeing the conditioning happening now. It's undeniable. I'm not saying that those things are the mark of the beast, but it's definitely setting up that system. The global financial system, digital, Bitcoin, and everything else. It's coming a time where what we see and what we're learning and what we still have to learn in the book of Revelation, we see it in the infant stages. We see the systems and the mindset being set up right now. But here, around the throne, they will be able to eat. They will be able to drink. It also says that the sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lord who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. The sun, the heat, we learn later on and we will learn in future lessons how the sun will actually burn the skin of those who have the mark of the beast. And again, what's one of the main issues in life today? Global warming. The hole in the ozone layer. But yet we see that these elements are going to be used as judgments on those who reject God. Pay attention. None of this stuff is happening for no reason. None of it. It is all heading to what we are reading in the book of Revelation. And then finally it says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Again, talking about that multitude. Now, the thing is, is that in eternity, there will be no tears. But we haven't reached eternity yet. And so what we will see is at the judgment seat of Christ, which is the judgment seat of the saved, where Christ is going to judge us and look our works, there are times when we are going to cry because there are opportunities that we should have preached the gospel or spoken to someone with the gospel and we didn't. And their blood may be on our hands. It may be our fault if we had spoken a word and not gotten afraid. That may have been a moment that would have had them to give their heart to the Lord. It could be that things that we should have done, that we're born with, each of us is born with a purpose by God. Are we living our purpose as we should? 
That's, that's the other thing. We're all created with gifts and talents. But God wants us to use them for his glory. Are we, are we doing that? We're going to be accountable. If we think that just accepting Jesus is enough, it's not. We were born in our DNA with gifts and talents to use for God. And we're going to have to account for each and every one. And let me tell you, all you have to do is make one step in your gift and your talent for the Lord. And he will supply everything you need. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. It's so true in so many ways. There will also be tears at the great white throne judgment. Now, that is at the end of the millennium. Now, that's a whole other study. And we'll get to that eventually. But that's to say the great white throne judgment is the judgment of non-believers. And there's nobody saved there. That judgment is to condemn people to hell. Dr. Jeremiah believes, and so do I, that there are going to be those there. It will be shown to them their opportunity for God and the mystic. And there's no coming back. So we would rather that everybody who hears this be caught up in the rapture. Be living for Christ now. So that none of this you would have to see or go through. And again, let's be very clear. If you're hearing this and you do not choose Christ prior to the rapture, there's no coming back. Your opportunity is now. Before you get on that bike thinking that you're going down the road and you're going to come back, are you ready for heaven? Are you ready for eternity? Before you get in that car, before you cross that street, are you ready for eternity? It's a serious question, and God will have his answer. I didn't want to make it hard, but that's, the, that's where we're at. These are the questions that need to be asked. And we at Chicago Worship Center we love God's word. We love the Lord, and we really love you. And we want to make sure that each and every one of you Makes your calling and election sure. So you know what? Send us an email at swimatlogic.vm. Let us know that you've listened to this message. If you want a conversation with someone, happy to do it. Happy to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. We look forward to it. Really, it's exciting to do that. So thanks. Thanks for sitting with me and listening. And I hope that this has really encouraged you to open the book, have a read, send us an email if you'd like to be a part of our studies. We would love to have you. So this is Superintendent Janice Battersby saying blessings about you.